Hey y'all, this is Charlie. We are living, loving, laughing in grace. And today we are also in part two of our current ser series, my friend. Uh, thank you so much for coming back and joining us. If you didn't hear part one already, I do recommend you go back and listen to that because we are going to start right back up where we left off from the last time. Here we go. My friends, that's how each and every one of us came to know Jesus in the first place. He seeks us out. We're so lost, we don't even know we need a Savior. And He's so good to us. You know, maybe you have had those, those teachings that to receive whatever breakthrough or miracle it is that you need, it's somehow based on you. And that's exactly why you're listening today. This is your loving Savior. This is your loving Abba, Daddy God, reaching out to you, calling you to say, hey, just look to me. See how much I love you. See how much I desire to take care of that for you. My friends, listen to this. Miracles are acts of love. Jesus giving to someone who has nothing to give back. They're acts, they're gifts of grace. They are gifts of grace and acts of love from a God who loves us so much. Come on now. He gave up his one and only son. None of us have anything that we can give back to God that he didn't first give to us. So every healing, every breakthrough, every good and beautiful, like the Bible says, every good and perfect gift, every good and perfect thing in your life, my friends, was a gift from a God who loves you, a perfect heavenly father who loves you. And it is all based on his grace. And I hope you see that so clearly here in this, uh, in this account where this man didn't even know who Jesus was. And guess what? When, when Jesus says this, I love this, this is so beautiful. He came to him and the Bible tells us that faith is the substance of things hoped for. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. That's in Hebrews 11 verse 1. So you hope for something, your hope, you put your hope in God, my friends, and the Bible says your hope will not disappoint. So you're hoping for something and faith is the substance of it. In other words, you're hoping that something happens and then faith is, is it actually is when it happens, is when it manifests. It goes on to say the evidence of things not seen. For many years, I hoped that I would, that the Lord would heal me and I Hope that I would be able to get out of my bed every day. But at that time, it was something that was invisible. It didn't exist. I couldn't get out of my bed every day. And day after day, my friends, you just, I would just keep hoping. And mostly I would just keep hearing the word of God. Just keep listening to the word of God. As the Bible says in Proverbs 4, that the word of God is medicine to all our flesh. Not my knowledge of it. Not anything I do. I was like this man. All I could do is lay there and listen to the word of God. And every time we hear the word of God, like you're doing now, my friends, you are taking medicine. You are taking medicine for your brain. You are taking medicine for your body. Do not expect your brain to grow weary and old for your, to start losing your memory like the world does. My friends, my brain was a big part of the reason why I couldn't even get out of the bed. I had amnesia, couldn't make new memories, didn't know who my husband was. And yet today, 15 years later, 
right? In the natural, everyone says as you get older, your memory gets worse. And yet today, I am here sharing all of this with you out of my memory, you could say. I have my scriptures written down, but everything else is coming. The Lord is bringing back up from the time that we spent together. So this is, this, this actually, you know, this is supernatural as well. But I can remember who my husband is. I can function on a daily basis. Not only that, my friends, but I am discovering that my brain is now working better than the people that I met and first knew 10 to 15 years ago who didn't have a brain injury. Why? Because they believe that their brains have to get older and stop working as well just because of their age. All the while, my brain's gotten stronger and younger and healthier, and it's been 15 years. Shouldn't I have less capabilities than the people I met 15 years ago who had no brain injury? And instead, I'm finding I have greater capabilities because the Lord is restoring my mind because I, I speak his very words over myself. I have the mind of Christ. My friends, speak that over yourself. Stop believing the lies of the enemy. God never meant for us to age and grow old. You don't have to age like the world does. Declare over yourself, I have the mind of Christ. When you forget something, I have the mind of Christ. I have the mind of Christ. Remind yourself, I have the mind of Christ. He gave us even his mind. Jesus didn't hold anything back. He has shared absolutely everything of himself with us. And we honor him when we, when we rejoice in that and we receive of it. Hallelujah. You have the mind of Christ. And I went so far down this bunny trail. Jesus, help me get back out. Oh, yes. So, okay. Um, but those were things I was hoping for that I couldn't actually see. I was hoping to live a life where I was out of my bed every day. I was, I was hoping to have a brain that would function and I could remember who this wonderful man was that kept taking care of me. And then once I knew who he was, I was hoping that I could remember when we got married. My friends, God is so good. You know, in John 14, 26, it says that the helper, the comforter, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father shall send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. That was Jesus speaking. He is the one who is helping me right now share with you the words that he wants you to, to, to hear. And he has helped to teach me how to live life again. And he brings his word back up in my heart and he will do the same for you. Let go. Rely on him, my friends. Amen. And uh, one day I was looking through my years ago, I was looking through my wedding album, something I'd done so many times because I, it looked, it, it was a very strange sensation. I'm looking at pictures of me and this man that keeps saying he's my husband, but I have no emotions. I have no, it's, it's like someone else dressed like me went and took all these pictures. They meant nothing. My friend, you know, your emotions come from what you're thinking. If you, if you have no thoughts about something, you don't have any emotions towards it. If you're having really bad emotions, those are meant to be flags and indicators for you to go, what is it I'm thinking about? And change what you're thinking about. And, and here's, here's a really powerful tip. Don't try to stop thinking about whatever it is that makes you angry all the time or bitter or depressed. Change what you're thinking. Replace that thought with a thought about Jesus. Hallelujah. That's what I often do with scripture. When I find myself getting upset or, or 
I, I did used to have a lot of um, PTSD, especially uh, when we went out. When you wake up several hundred times in places and don't know where you're at and, and don't know what's going on and don't know if the people around you are friendly or hostile, it causes some anxiety. And I began speaking over myself, John 14, 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. My friends, that is your creator. The one who made you spoke those words. When you speak them over yourself, your body, your heart responds because it will respond to the voice of its creator. Hallelujah. And these scriptures I'm sharing with you from my memory, a memory that was so broken I couldn't remember who my husband was. This is not my doing. This is Christ's doing. My friends, he wants to raise your hopes right now. That's why I'm sharing these things with you. He wants to raise your hopes. He wants you to expect great things from him. He wants you to expect God-sized things from him. Hallelujah. Expect to get healthier and stronger and younger. Hallelujah, my friends. Amen. Amen. God's so good. Don't know where we're at. <laughs> oh, Jesus, remind me again. Hope. Wow, this is all coming from faith and hope. That faith is the substance of things hoped for. Again, scripture I'm quoting to you without looking at it, my friends. Because Jesus has healed my mind. And also because Jesus reminds us of all things. All things that he's told us about. So when you have your time alone with Jesus in the word, you can count on him later on to bring up the words you need to know when you need to know it. And when you're going out and about and, and you feel a scripture come up, or it might even be like a line from a worship song or something like, my friends, that's your Jesus talking to you. Many times that's how he talks to us. Pay attention to those moments. Hallelujah. Amen. So faith is the substance of things hoped for. So my friend, hope, you know, the world tells us, don't get your hopes up. Who do you think wants you thinking that? The devil. Don't get your hopes up. Expect for things to get worse, right? As mankind, you know, we, we say that the days go by from day to night because we're so naturally, negatively inclined ever since the fall in the natural. God, go back and read Genesis. He didn't create the world as the first day and then the first night. He says there was evening and then there was day, the first day. There was evening and then there was day. You know why, my friends? In God's eyes, it might be dark now, but it's going to get brighter. Things might be tough now, but it's going to get better. But as man, we go, hey, things might be good now, but watch out. It's not going to last. Things are going to get worse. <laughs> Oh, my friends, I hope this is encouraging you. It's setting you free, right, from the lies of the enemy. Jesus said it is the truth that sets us free. And he is speaking about the truth of grace, my friends. And it is by God's grace, his unearned, undeserved, unmerited favor that we can expect our days to get better and better. See, if we're relying on our own efforts, we can't believe that. Because we even know in our own mind, well, I'm not sure what I might do tomorrow or you know even later today what if I do something I shouldn't then I can't expect for my days to get better that's what life is like under the law my friends that's what life is like under judgment but Jesus took our judgment remember Jesus 
took a judgment he didn't deserve so that you could receive blessings you don't deserve. We can't expect our days to get better and better and better because of the grace and love and faithfulness of our God. This man sitting at this pool surely didn't deserve anything from God. What has he done for God? But because of the grace of God, because of his love, because of his faithfulness, he received such an incredible miracle. And, and as I was saying so very long ago, when Jesus came to this man and said, do you want to be made well? You know what he was doing? He was opening a door of hope. That's what he was doing. We will often see when Jesus asks these questions of people, it's because he knows where they're at. Right after 38 years of no progress, no help, nothing getting better, he knew that this man had lost hope. And so he was giving him away. Like, it's like picture the door of hope is like the for this man, that door is slammed shut and it is latched. It is locked, right? There's no faith coming in that way. So just by Jesus even saying, do you want to be made well? Has got this man thinking probably for the first time in a long time, what would life be like if I were made well? And it was just enough to flip that latch. And that's all Jesus needs. I said, this man didn't even call on Jesus. Just a little bit of hope and like a tidal wave, the substance of faith came rushing through, took down the door, overfilled that room, overflowed that man. Hallelujah, my friends. We limit God when he's going around trying to take the limits off of us. Take the limits off God. Hallelujah. Such a little bit. Listen to this. I love this. In Hosea, Hosea, I love to say Hosea. It's fun. Hosea chapter 2 verse 15. This is the Lord speaking and he says, then I will give her her vineyards from there. And, and vineyards in the Bible, my friends, speak of grapes, which speaks of wine and celebration and joy. It also speaks of, of abundance and prosperity for their vineyards to do well. And he says, and the valley of Achor as a door of hope. Listen to this. And the valley of Achor as a door of hope. Do you know what Achor means in Hebrew? The original language this was written in, the, the Old Testament was originally written in Hebrew and the New Testament was originally written in Greek. And when you see proper names and you see words that the Holy Spirit has made sure stay untranslated, can I tell you that those are words worth looking up? <laughs> you know, I don't speak Hebrew fluently. I don't speak Greek fluently. I've never taken a course on them. And actually, I've, I've been asked, how do I use this to study? And, and this is what I do. There are online tools, but I am so old fashioned. I love to have my Bibles and books around me and I mark them up. <laughs> I got highlighting and notes all in them. So I have this set of, of Bibles called the interlinear Bible. And in this Bible, it has the Old Testament written in the original Hebrew and English. And it has the New Testament written in the original uh, Greek and English. And even reading that, you will get a different translation sometimes that will really help you think of things differently. But also above each letter, there is a number that corresponds with Strong's expanded exhaustive concordance of the Bible. 
So you can take the number from that word in that scripture and look it up in Strong's and find the full definition of that word in the Hebrew or in the Greek. You know, it's, it's really digging deep, my friends. And this is how I don't look up every scripture. I don't look up every word. But when I'm reading along and sometimes I will, I will just feel the Holy Spirit prompt me, you know, read this scripture in your in the original Hebrew or read this in the original Greek. And when I read that, sometimes the translation in the interlinear Bible alone is enough. But oftentimes as I'm reading that a specific word or a couple of words, the Lord will just kind of highlight to me. They, they just kind of jump out. Um, there's there's different ways we express it. You know, it's like you're, you're reading it and it just feels different. And I'll look that word up. And that's how I get these uh, little tidbits, these little nuggets from the Hebrew and the Greek that I share with you. So I share with that because I've been asked that quite a few times. I hope that that helped. Um, like I said, you can also get these tools online. You don't have to have the actual paper forms. But I will tell you that many times uh, the Lord gives me even more because I'll go to look up a word and realize it's one I've already looked up before because I'll have it highlighted and there'll be notes there to the other scriptures that um, I had looked at it for. Anyways, okay. So back to Hosea. Hosea chapter 2 verse 15 says, Then I will give her her vineyards from there and the valley of Achor as a door of hope. Achor means trouble. Look how sweet our Savior is. He just told us that when you come into a valley of trouble, look, he shall make for you a door of hope. He will always open up a door of hope for you, my friends, a way of escape, a, a way for you to be strengthened, to get you out of there. This door will always lead you to Jesus, to his life, to his abundant life, my friends. And you know what? He doesn't care if you got into that valley on your own, if someone else pushed you in it. What he cares about is getting you out, just like this man. He, he just wanted him healed. So the Lord himself, he's so beautiful. He opens up for you a door of hope. And listen, it goes on to say, and she will sing there. Why do we sing, my friends? We sing when life is so good, when we're rejoicing, right? Our hearts are just so full and happy. It causes us to sing. She will sing there as in the days of her youth. The Lord loves to refer to the days of your youth, my friends, no matter how many years you have added on, right? So you may be numerous in years, but in God's eyes, he wants you to see yourself in the days of your youth. Don't call yourself old. And in the day when she came up from the land of Egypt, Egypt speaks of the world and it speaks of bondage. He's talking about, he's going to take you back to that, you know, that first, um, when you first receive Christ as your savior, there is such a washing of his love that comes into our hearts. My friends, it's so unmistakable. You, there's no describing it, right? Y'all know you have to experience it. And sometimes when we get into trouble, it's because we have forgotten about his love for us. And he's saying, I'm going to take you back. I'm going to open this door of hope that will bring you back to a, your youth, to a time of rejoicing. I'm going to remind you of my love towards you, that love and the freedom, because Christ brings us freedom, my friend. Anyone who is trapped in a sin knows that it is bondage. And in fact, it's such bondage, we don't even realize how heavy the bondage is until God sets us free. <laughs> you know, I knew that I had 
uh, a problem with alcohol, but until I was set free from it, I didn't realize how bad it was. Well, you can only think you do, but Christ set me free. Hallelujah. Christ loves to set us free from the bondage of the world, my friends, and fill you back up, remind you of that love that he has for you. Now check this out. So he creates the door of hope. And these little phrases that Jesus says, that's what they are. Do you want to be made well? He just created the door of hope in this man's valley of trouble. Not too long ago, we learned about the two blind men that came to him. And Jesus said, do you believe that I am able? He was opening a door of hope for them because he didn't point them out to themselves. He didn't say, do you have enough faith? Are you able to, be, to, to believe that you can see? He didn't point them out to what they needed. He didn't point them to themselves. He said, do you believe I am able? He got their spiritual eyes on him and it opened their physical eyes, my friends. Hallelujah. Ooh, there's a truth for us right there. Put your spiritual eyes on Jesus, my friends, and anything you need in the natural will follow. Just like it says in John 3, 2, beloved, listen, this is your father God's heart for you. Beloved, I pray that you would prosper in all things. Say all things. Prosper in all things. That's your family life. That's your work life. That's your church life. That's your ministry. Whatever, all things. That's your finances. He wants you to prosper in all things and be in good health. Listen, just as your soul prospers. It starts with what's in our soul, my friends. So Jesus opened the door of hope to those blind men when he said, do you believe I am able when they brought a man uh, uh, there was four four men I'd say great friends who brought another man that was paralyzed we know the Bible specifically says he was paralyzed they brought him to Jesus and they lowered him down through the roof because the house Jesus was teaching and preaching and was so crowded they couldn't even get to the doorway talk about persistence Hallelujah, my friends. Come to Jesus. Don't let nothing stop you from coming to Jesus. Be with Jesus. They tore somebody's roof apart. <laughs> I love it. And just imagine while they're up there pulling the hay and the straw out of the out of the way. Most of these homes had thatched thatched homes. The whole time they could have been thinking, you know, is this going to be for nothing? How ridiculous I must look. How silly this must look. But they pursued Jesus and they got that roof open and they lowered their friend down in front of Jesus. And you know what he said to him? He knows this man is paralyzed and he looks and he says to him, your sins are forgiven you. Now, does that sound like what the paralyzed man needs? Your sins are forgiven you. Why didn't he just heal him? I'll tell you why, because I've been there myself because Jesus knew the greater miracle for this man was what was going on in his heart. He needed his heart healed first. He knew the way to open a door of hope for this man was for this man to hear that his sins were forgiven him. When I was initially injured and, and growing so sick, I would just lay in my bed and think of everything wrong that I had ever done and all of my sins. And guess what? God couldn't heal me that way. My friends, the only thing that frustrates grace is trying to earn it. And when we say, when we sit there saying, I deserve this because of my sins. If you're a believer, Jesus took that for you. 
That's dishonoring the cross. I was dishonoring the cross and didn't even know it. But that's what I was doing. As I was sitting there blaming myself for the condition that I was in and thinking, of course, you know, I did not expect God to heal me because I didn't feel like I deserved it because of all of my sins. The first thing the Lord had to show me was that all of my sins were forgiven at the cross. All of them. That Jesus took them all. And he did not deserve to be punished. And I don't deserve to be blessed. But Jesus was punished. And therefore I am blessed. So I understand this paralytic man that what was music to his ears, what was water to his soul, were the words, your sins are forgiven you. And then Jesus turned around and healed him and said, take up your bed and go home. And the man did. But how did he open the door for him? By telling him his, his sins were forgiven. As someone listening today needed to hear that too, my friends. Your sins are forgiven. Jesus took them at the cross. He took your punishment. He took your judgment. He took your condemnation, though he didn't deserve it. So now you receive the free favors of God. You receive of his grace freely. You receive of his healing freely. You receive of his peace and his prosperity. You receive, maybe it's an issue with a spouse. Maybe you treated your spouse terribly. But my friends, see that Jesus took that at the cross. Put it in his hands. Receive from him reconciliation, my friend. Believe in him. That he loves you and he desires to bring reconciliation in your life. Hallelujah. And you know what, y'all? We are going to have to stop right there. I am so sorry, uh, but this has been absolutely blessed and wonderful. Jesus is so good to us. He is here with us, loving on us. I pray that you are just feeling his, his loving presence in your heart, my friend. And know that he cares for you so very deeply. He loves you so very deeply. Remember, his love is like that great big mountain we talked about in the beginning of the year. A mountain that we, we love to take the journey. We enjoy the journey up it. But on this side of heaven, we will never get to the top because his love is just so great for us. Okay, my friends, well, we have so much more to talk about. So join back in in the next podcast uh, because I know that you're going to be blessed. Okay, my friends, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and grant you his peace. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. All right, y'all, until next time. Keep on living, loving, laughing in grace.